Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, and welcome to What to Say When Things Get Tough, a podcast dedicated to helping you communicate effectively in difficult situations, both personal and professional. I'm your host, Leonard Greenberger. As you know, since I'm sure you've been listening to the last several episodes of the podcast, we have been focusing recently on nonverbal messages and how important those can be in terms of how you communicate effectively, particularly in difficult situations when people are angry, worried, and suspicious of what you say. Research over the years shows that nonverbal messages can be as much as three times as powerful as verbal messages in difficult situations, which means that the messages you send with your eyes and your hands and your posture and your dress and other nonverbal cues are far more powerful and important than what you say. And how the nonverbal messages that you send with your eyes, with your hands, with your body posture, with how you dress are far more important and far more powerful than the verbal messages that you send. And if you are trying to establish and maintain trust and credibility with an audience in a difficult situation, you have to make sure you get your nonverbal messages right. Because if you don't, it isn't going to matter what you say. You can have all the right words, but if your eyes are darting around, if you're hiding your hands, if your body posture indicates that you're uncomfortable, don't want to be there, all of those things are going to send all of the wrong messages, and you're not going to be an effective communicator in a difficult situation. I thought today I would share a personal story that I think illustrates the power of nonverbal messages and how often we use those messages, usually subconsciously, to figure out what's going on, to judge what somebody is saying or what they're trying to say and what their intention is in terms of the messages they send both verbally and nonverbally. This story is about two of my girlfriend's sons, uh, Cece and Logan. Regular listeners will know that Cece, who provided the original art for this podcast, which I don't know if I've ever mentioned, is actually an abstract impression of the cover of my book, What to Say When Things Get Tough, available on Amazon.com. Cece is quite the artist, and the two boys are very close. I call them twins, even though they're not technically twins. Cece is 10, Logan will soon be 9, uh, but they're best friends. They go everywhere together, they do everything together. And this story took place back in spring of this year. Coronavirus had arrived, but we weren't sure exactly yet how serious it was. And so the kids were still in school, and they often went to visit a playground in a park across the street from our house after school together. So on this particular day, they headed out. But after about five minutes, maybe ten at the most, suddenly Cece burst back into the house by himself. And he was clearly agitated and upset. He was trying to tell us about something that had happened in the short time that the two had been away from the house, but he was having a hard time putting the words together. So my girlfriend and I were standing there trying to figure out what was going on, and it occurred to me that we were able to figure out quite a bit, not from what Cece was trying to say, because he really couldn't tell us, even though we were firing questions at him about what was happening, but from the nonverbal messages he was sending. And there were two that were particularly important. First, as I said, he was agitated. He was arms were flailing around, he couldn't stand still, he was pacing around the house, 
trying to put the words together to tell us what was happening, but he couldn't, which meant something was wrong. Something had happened that we needed to deal with fairly quickly. The other nonverbal, not something that CC, not a message that CC was sending, but still something that was a very powerful signal to us about what was going on, was that he was alone. Logan wasn't with him. And at that time, it was very unusual that either one of them would do anything alone. They went to the park together. They came back from the park together. They went to school together. The fact that Logan wasn't there suggested to us that perhaps something had happened to Logan. After just a minute or so of trying to get CC calmed down so he could tell us what was going on, we realized that we needed to go to the playground because something may have happened to Logan. I think our first instinct was he had fallen off a piece of equipment, maybe he had hurt himself, maybe he had broken an arm or something and needed help. So we got our shoes on and we're about to leave the house to go to the playground when suddenly Logan burst into the house. And he was also very agitated and upset, but he was able to tell us what it was going on. And it turns out that when they got to the playground, they had run into one of their schoolmates who had had some trouble with bullying in the past. And he had begun to bully Cece. And it had gotten, I believe it had gotten physical. Not really serious, but there was some pushing involved. And when Logan saw that his brother was being bullied, he ran to his defense. And he tackled this kid, got on the ground, and the two of them scuffled for a little while. Logan actually had some scratches on his face. And again, Logan was a little calmer. The fact that he had come back and was okay also calmed Cece down. And so after just another minute or so, we were able to get them to verbally tell us what was happening. We went over to the playground to see if we could find the kid with whom they had had the altercation and perhaps his parents, but they were not there anymore. We called the school to report the incident because the boys told us that there had been issues with this particular kid in the past. I have to say that the school was very good about this told us there had been issues in the past. They said they would get in touch with his parents. They wound up talking to him and to Cece, uh, I think the next day when they both went back to school. It was all handled very well. There was an apology. And I have to say, it's since then, although of course they don't go out very much anymore, and shortly after that incident, the school closed. But there hasn't been any issue since then. So the story has a, a good ending. Of course, we never like to see physical altercations between children, but we have to say we were very proud of both of them, Cece for standing up for himself, Logan for coming to defend his brother. We told them that it's always best not to be physical, to walk away, but that we thought what both of them had done was very brave and very right. I was thinking about this story over the weekend, and it occurred to me that we really had used nonverbal signals when Cece came back into the house to figure out what was going on, and very quickly we were able to determine that Something had happened to Logan. We needed to go to the playground to find out. And that's exactly what we were doing when Logan came back. And we... But I thought this is a good reminder of how often we use nonverbal cues to figure out what's going on in the world around us. And it's a reminder that when you find yourself in a difficult situation, of just how important the nonverbal messages that you send are going to be. And if it's a situation that you can anticipate, if you're going to have to speak to your employees about an issue with the company, if you're going to have to discipline one, if you're going to have to give your boss bad news, if you're going to present information at a public meeting where people are angry, worried, and suspicious for whatever reason, think about how important those nonverbal cues are. Think about how important it is to get those things right so that people will pay attention to the verbal messages that you're sending 
so that you will be able to maintain and establish trust and credibility with that audience and get people to accept or believe or think or act in a way that you believe is best for them to do. And to remember that if you don't get the nonverbal messages right, nothing you say is going to break through and win people over in a difficult situation. And after you listen to this episode, maybe take some time over the course of the next week in your day-to-day activities, consciously pay attention to and think about how much of the information that you're taking in from people in your day-to-day activities are based on the nonverbal cues that they're sending as opposed to what they're saying and how those nonverbal cues can affect whether or not you find that person to be trustworthy and credible, whether you believe the information they're trying to convey to you. And as I said in last week's episode, I'm doing some research into some other nonverbal cues that can be very important in terms of whether people we're trying to communicate with in difficult situations will find us to be trustworthy and credible sources of information. We've already covered eyes, hands, posture, barriers, dress, and what I call arrival and departure. But there are dozens and dozens of others, and I'm going to share those in upcoming episodes. So we will continue our conversation of nonverbal messages really throughout the course of this podcast because of how important they are. And next week, I'll be very pleased to bring you an interview with an old colleague and a real expert in communications in all situations, difficult or otherwise, Sherry Singer, who's the president of Singer Communications. So we have all that to look forward to. Thank you, as always, to Jim Cirillo from jimmymgroup.com for our original music. Now you know a little bit more about C.C. Snetzinger, who provided our original podcast art. Please send us any questions you may have to WTSWTGT at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at hashtag WTSWTGT. Until next time, remember, always be positive. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.